This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? We have a tweet, Josh. We have a tweet <laughs> from our friend Block99, and he says, "At Hell Cheaters, have you had enough yet?" Uh, yeah, and this this one I would have had to responded to. I have had enough. I have had <laughs> enough of the season. I know that for many people today was a very satisfying day. Uh, you know, you brought in. The bad Kone, the other Kone from Sunderland. And that, he's that like the, the Kone with the goatee. He's the evil one. <laughs> he's like the evil bender. Uh, yeah, the bad Kone. Uh, or, you, or you had, uh, I don't know, maybe you got five more from Jermaine Defoe or, or whatever. I don't know. It was just a... Oh, man. I'm, I'm fanning myself while you say, ooh, five from Defoe. Do, do tell. Yeah. I've had enough of this season. I, it's just, you know, it's, it's been a long... It has not been my season, and that was really that was really summed up in two different ways this weekend. One was when uh, Anthony Marshall didn't start away to Norwich, and then um, uh, and then I, I my differential choice was looking so good. I'd captained uh, Diego Costa, and he scores in like the sixth minute of that match uh, against Sunderland. I was like, oh, this is this is great, um, and uh, and then he comes down with a mysterious leg ailment. Uh, sometime between the two, double, the you know, between the first game week and the second, or the first match and the second. Yeah, my and, my, sus- uh, my suspicion was much like Pedro's nose problem that there may be sex play involved with <laughs> Diego Costa's leg <laughs> leg ailment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once that happens, uh, which which happens right before Tuesday's matches, and that news comes out, uh, suddenly I am in a position of having to watch a West Ham match where. Like ninety eight percent of the managers in fantasy uh, captained him, and uh, it looked great until the seventy fifth minute uh, when uh, he went for what what was effectively sixteen points because uh, so many people had him captained 
that he picked up, you know, two assists, two bonus points, and those were doubled for 16. Uh, it worked out even better for you because you had uh, Winston Reed um, as a as a very uh, cheeky punt uh, defender. Yeah, uh, well, Winston Reed not a, not a goal all season, but historically he's been a man on set pieces for West Ham. He's, he's such a terrible player. It was, it was a I mean, you got negative wait, wait, excuse me. How is he a terrible player? I I do not rate Winston Reed. I think I would I would be playing James Collins <laughs> over Winston Reed. Uh, I'll I'll be ready for this season to be done so I can I can uh, stop having to listen to you complain about all this garbage. Like oh. Martial, oh, I'm, oh, what a travesty! He he scores two goals against West Ham. My think season many, is snake think, bitten. Think how many he could have scored if he'd played in both matches. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it was. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it's been a very long season. Um, it's been fun for some managers. It hasn't been fun for me. Uh, and uh, I'm ready for the. Se- the problem is, you know, it was. It hasn't been fun for me since about game week five, and I've okay. had 33 more weeks uh, to, to go after that. So I'm not trying uh, to put you too much into the flames here, Josh. But just for argument's sake, describe what a fun season would be for you. Uh, what well, would it take for it to be a fun season <laughs> for Josh? Well, I need to be not about 120 points down in my mini league five weeks into the season. I think that would be that would be helpful. Uh, and I need uh, for all of the bandwagon players to not consistently perform uh, week in and week out for pretty much the entire season. Uh, it would also be right, nice if all of the bandwagon cap. The problem is I am the kind of okay, manager. Uh, uh, can I, I, can I, I jump a, I, in here and say maybe it would be fun for you if you jumped onto some of those bandwagons at some it's point? Just, it's just not my style. You know, I mean, some people have a <laughs> now, Iconic, I, iconoclast Josh Landon here. I'm not saying I'm a huge iconoclast, but. I just, you know, I mean, certainly there have been many times this season when I've captained Harry Kane or Sergio Aguero or any number of, you know, very conventional captain choices. But in general, I prefer not to go with the, the you know, the sort of overwhelming favorite. It's just, it's the way I prefer to play. Uh, I've won my league twice in the last four years. Playing this way, it's a proven strategy for me. It's not for everybody. But it works for me, and so you're a little, was, bit, you're a little bit rock and roll. You're the Jurgen Klopp of fantasy football. All right, I can I can I can feel the sarcasm coming off you. But I've had a couple of very very strong finishes playing the style in the past, and so in a season where you know um, all of the uh, conventional choices pretty much panned out week in and week out, um, it's not going to work out very well for me. <laughs> Fair enough. And how about Fair you? I'll, I'll turn it back around on you. I mean, you've had fun this season. Uh, yeah, I have had fun this season. It's been, it's been definitely a challenging year because, uh, I mean, the league sort of reflects the fantasy game and that uh, you're you're forced to gamble on players on Leicester City. You're not used to that. You're not used to Riyad Mahrez being the one that's dictating games week in week out. So it, it's definitely been a year that's challenged uh, the conventional thinking. Uh, so, so to throw it back at you to say, oh, yeah. it's all conventional. Well, I, mean, I would, I would, yeah. I would argue not. Uh, I've had, I've had some, I've had Mara since game week two. I mean, I, you know, it's not like I, you know, it's not like my team is full of Dia Mercy Milpacanis or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that you know, in a typical season, what happens is you know, a player uh, gets hot and uh, everyone kind of everyone jumps on them, especially new 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 managers, people who are less experienced. 
Uh, and good managers. I mean, both, you know, when a player is in form, everyone should pick him up. But typically, that player moves out of form, and the the managers who adjust quicker, and that typically means they they you know they put their money back into the kind of blue chip players. Uh, they tend to be the ones who succeed long term. But this year, if you you know flocked to all of the kind of lower priced, um, lower. I mean, I love the Luster City story. I think it's great, but. Um, all you had to do was pick three or four players uh, early on this season and ride them for almost the first 20 weeks of the season. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I, I'm, I'm not arguing that if you finish first in the Hail Cheater Super League or our personal league or, or any other place, or first overall for that matter, that you haven't done a much better job than I have this year. It, you certainly have. And it's, it's, a, it's a, like, it is a flaw in my, manage, my FPL managerial style that I want to play in a way that I, I want to be rewarded for my cleverness. You know, I want to, I want to pick, pick players. Other people don't pick captain them and then be rewarded for it. And then, and then get credit for being so creative. I feel like like, I'm I'm pretty much laid out on the table here. I feel like I have, I feel like I have Alex Neal on the podcast right now. Uh, Adam Beasley tweeted at us. He retweeted a premier league tweet in reference to our great hashtag free Mobacani movement, which had a banner day today. Free Mobacani. Yeah, that's true. Alex, I resent being, I resent being lumped in with Alex Neal, by the way. I would never have been so stubborn as to hold on to a shit player like Cameron Jerome. (laughs) But here you are earlier today that it cost them the season. Sure. And Alex Neal, he's quoted as saying, we've missed opportunities, made mistakes at important times, and in hindsight, I've made poor decisions. (laughs) And uh, that may as well be Josh Landon saying that. That's right. Exactly. You know, I, I yeah, this happened two years ago, too. I, I think, I, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have this experience yet. But when you do, uh, you know, after you win the league, you kind of I think you get a little cocky after a while. You know, you uh, sort of like yeah. to, you, sure. you just think that you are <laughs> like that every move you make is going to work out perfectly. And uh, and, you know, like it's just it's, a, it's an arrogance. So I think I was I was really too arrogant the first 10 weeks. I mean, I eventually brought in. <laughs> Jamie Vardy. Somehow I haven't had Ozil the entire season. I mean, that's like, that's like, if you want to like point to one thing, uh, you know, I mean, it's insane. Who, what, what manager in the right mind would not have Mesut Ozil for <laughs> any stretch of the season this year? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously like he's fallen off the last 10 weeks or so, but the, the first like, you know, 25, he was unbelievable. Oh, I, I, I'm standing on the shoulders, shoulders of giants here. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know what to say. Anyway, so, so how did you, how did your game week actually shape out, Josh? Game week uh, 37. It shaped out fine. Uh, I finished with uh, 77 points. I took a four-point hit. Wow. Uh, I dropped uh, two players that both scored goals. Um, and wow. I brought in – what's that? Oh, I'm just doing the sad trombone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't expect you'd be such a sore winner. You should be. You should be happy today. I sent you money today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. The week. Did, the week didn't. You know, I got seventy seven points, which is. Uh, you know, it looks like it's twenty two points above the average. But given you know the scores that I'm seeing in the Hail Cheaters Mini League and elsewhere, I'm. I'm it was. Uh, yeah, not a great week for me. Uh, how about you, Brandon? Do you have a better week? Oh, yeah, I had a much better week than you. I, I scored 76 points. I took an eight-point hit. Of course, I, uh, I dropped uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, who uh, took a four-point hit to drop Jesse Lingard to bring in Willian. That was a big, that was a big uh, power move for me. I think that netted a minus one 
there. What, what, when did you make your moves? Because I, I did look at your team. Um, I made my moves pretty late on Friday, late late New York time. So it was like around midnight or so. And it looked like you hadn't made any moves yet. So you made three after midnight? Well, yeah. I was on the Baja Peninsula in Mexico at the time. So I had uh, – what sort of time difference did I have on either? <laughs> Maybe like three, four hours? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I made my transfers – uh, much later than you. It was probably 4 a.m. I think oh. I made my transfers. Wow. Were you, oh, so you were out drinking or something. Did <laughs> we take that, that long to decide? <laughs> no. I wanted to know. I wanted to know how many transfers you were going to make. Uh-huh. I know. I know you uh, – I figured you were. I figured you were waiting, but, uh, you know, it worked It worked out well for you. I mean, in the end, you know, with, with Payette. Yeah, yeah, I captain Payette, so he gets 24 points. Uh, yeah, there was a moment during that West Ham game where you were sort of, um, I knew I would hear from you after the second goal from Martial. I, it's, it's, it's always a teta, it's always sort of a standoff on, on G-Chat with us uh, mid-game until, until some sort of dam breaks. And if, and if the dam breaks in your favor, you'll reach out. And usually I just, I will never reach out. It's, it's, very, it's true. It's, it's a one-sided thing. It's what we have. It's funny because we've been friends for a very long time, uh, see each other all the time. Uh, you know, going back to we actually for people who haven't listened to like the first episode of the, of the podcast, uh, Brad and I've known each other since uh, college. I mean, we, he's a, a little bit older than me, but um, I, I certainly you know we've met each other in the early two thousands, and then we've we've been in New York for about ten years together. We have a very uncompetitive friendship in every way except for FPL. I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, I, I there's really yeah. nothing that I feel competitive with you about other yes. than this, right? Yes. Friends relationships, you know, yep. career, all that stuff. Never, <laughs> never think about it. Only wish the best for you. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, FPL is very, it's weirdly competitive for us. It can get heated. It, <laughs> it can, can get, get heated. heated on the podcast. Well, I think, I think that's, I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to that in that. Um, and the fantasy league is something that it sort of lays dormant in our lives, right? Like fantasy is, you know, depending on who you are, it's something that you, you're reticent to talk about. You're happy to talk about football with your friends or did you watch the game? But when it comes down to talking about the fantasy element, it can, you can really get in the weeds. Yeah. And, and, uh, but deep down, you're just harboring this sort of like <laughs> this, just this this feeling of god damn it i want to win and, and i th- i think that the first you know i mean i don't know if you feel the same way but you know certainly the first 30 odd weeks of the season i mean it's competitive but it's not intense you know it's 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 still sporting you know and then i think like <laughs> the last couple weeks of the season i think that's when it gets maybe it was really game week 34 that's when it feels really intense you know, that's when yeah. it feels like things really you know kicked up a notch well, I think we'll get. I think we'll get to this as we actually start to strategize and talk about the people who have been tweeting at us and right. posting on our Facebook page page about. Here we are at the. We're at the death in the season. It's right. either do or die time. So right. at this point in the season, like you're saying, Josh, either it gets super competitive because finally the stakes are raised and it's time to play the game, or by this point it's all been decided. Right. So come game week thirty, maybe you're like two hundred, two fifty, three. 300 points behind it doesn't matter 
Um, but odds are, if you're a competitive player, it's still going to be close coming coming into the stretch. And that's where it gets awkward to meet you at Yankee Stadium for an NYC game, knowing that <laughs> knowing that Martial has just scored a goal and he's going to get a bonus point and it's going to edge you out on that head to head. That's right. Uh, yeah. I, I, what do you think? I mean, last year we did overall points in our little head to head. This year we did uh the head-to-head matches. I can't imagine either one of us would. I mean, the way it worked out this year it was, you know, um, you, you ended up winning the league with I think three weeks left or so. Um, I, I like the head-to-head actually, but um, I guess uh, well, it was well, a little I, anticlimactic the way it worked out this year. Probably. Well, I suppose it is, and I think it could go either way. I'd be curious to hear what our listeners, what their experiences are. Uh, head-to-head versus if you if it's just you playing against against <laughs> one other person, what works best, head-to-head right. <laughs> or classic? Because and the be- the backstory here is that two years ago we decided there just wasn't quite enough juice. In it. We 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 like yeah. we weren't quite, quite satisfied our competitive. Things if we weren't close <laughs> enough to ending our friendship, absolutely over very petty stuff. <laughs> then we decided let's add let's add another league that that costs even more than the league we're currently in. Uh, it's just the two of us, mano a mano. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think depending on the season, the the worst case is you play classic, and after 15 weeks, somebody jumps out ahead with a Sergio Aguero captaincy, right. and then and it takes all the juice out. Because that so kind of happened last year, and that's why we decided to do the the head to head. Right? I think that right. I was. I mean, I don't know, it wasn't a game we gave, but it was, you know, like early 30s or something. Where it was like, well, it's like 70. You know, it was like far enough away that it wasn't super competitive, you know. Right. Uh, much like right. this year where I think you were up like eight, you know, you had a 17 to 11 lead or something like that. Yeah, you made a you made a pretty good run here at the end, you're, and uh, you're, you're still in the midst of it. But the head-to-head still gives hope to those. Like, you can still adjust your team late on in the season to balance that head-to-head competition. So I feel like I always would fall on the side of head-to-head just to keep it interesting. I think so, too. I mean, because it made – even game week one was interesting because of the head-to-head. There's there's always a little something. (laughs) The infamous Theo Walcott game week one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's right. That was the one where – I remember because we were at a friend's bachelor party and uh, the Saturday matches were done and I had a slight lead and you were like – I think you had a couple of players to go the next season. I feel pretty confident that I'm going to win this first this game. Week. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> All right, let's. We have talked about ourselves wait far, far, far long enough. This is a bit of a victory uh, lap for the always <laughs> cheating podcast. I feel like that's true. I kind of not a vic- not so much a victory lap. It's just like we're just drunk on. Yeah, drunk it's, it's, on thirty-seven game weeks at this point. Yeah, it's late at night. I don't know why I'm not actually drinking. I mean, maybe I'll take a break and go grab a beer in a second here. Sure, uh, I'm drinking a, a back in black uh, black IPA from the Twenty First Amendment Brewery in San Francisco, California. All right, well, you pause the podcast. I'm going to go grab a beer. All right, I am back. And All right, have, Josh is back. What what do you have in hand there, Josh? I have a, a crisp lager from the uh, Six Point Brewery. It's a Brooklyn brewery, uh, one that people who live in Brooklyn know quite well. Uh, they're like the, they're, no 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 brewery in Brooklyn is better at branding than Six Point. I mean, they sponsor like basically every music <laughs> festival. Uh, every they, yeah. they are the they are the premier league of beers within the <laughs> borough of Brooklyn, NYC. Yeah, All they, right, so let, let's bring it back to to actual fantasy football <laughs> and the Hail Cheaters Super League. Yeah, just um, 
just updated a couple of moments ago, actually. We were um, uh, we were uh, um, recording this kind of late in the evening, and so um, we, were kind of, we were also hoping that this would get updated, and it finally did. I don't know why it took five full hours for them to update after uh, <laughs> there's a couple substitutions. Not I don't know. It was sometimes uh, yeah, the site is a little. I mean, you know, like we could all chip in. You know, we could each pay two dollars this year, and they could buy yeah, some better servers. The bandwidth. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's run through it real quick because um, it's actually very tight at the top, the top two spots. Uh, keep calm and climb up. Muhammad Al Kiasi has 83 points uh, for the game week, uh, 2,333 points overall. I think that puts him in 130 or so in the uh, in the overall standings. I was looking a moment ago. 125 overall for One, Muhammad Al Kiasi. Oh, okay, so it's okay. So 125 for Muhammad Al Kiasi. Uh, Lath Kassab is uh, has 86 points and has narrowed it to a uh, one point deficit. It's uh, 2,332. Oh my God, uh, my my head's exploding just <laughs> thinking about third game week 38 yeah. right now. And, then, and third and fourth, you have uh, Lloyd Parker and Calvin Chan. They're about uh, they're they're 18 points back of uh, first place. Um, and uh, Mark Johnson, Stone Cold. Started, I feel like Mark Johnson made a little climb. He was he was he a little did. lower. He did. Yeah, yeah. So well done to you, Mark. Uh, he's in fifth place. Um, and uh, Gerd Muller's Melchester Rovers, a, a new addition to the uh, the top ten, I believe. Uh, although I think he's been there before, but he's kind of he's, he's climbed back. Um, and so he has 122 points on the game week. Uh, Blockbuster of a week. There yeah, for Gerd. kind of wrote all of the. Uh, yeah, I, I think especially helped by uh, Patrick Van Anhalt, uh, who in hindsight I can't believe I didn't bring him in. I mean that's such an obvious. Uh, so, so worth. I, I had the money. I could have turned um, Gabriel into Van Anhalt so easily. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it. It's always tough to burn points on a defender. That's such a gamble. But PVA, given the circumstances, I mean, Sunderland yeah. is just what a story. Sunderland, the last. I know. Just vintage Sunderland. The last couple of seasons, they do turn it on at the end. And PVA did. He did the same thing last season, but. It's, yeah, it's like, do you bet on that? It's crazy. But I know, and the only shame of it really is that uh, it renders game week thirty eight effectively. Well, we'll get we'll get into this a little bit later because I kind of put the call out as a, what are we rooting for in game? Let's say that you're just you're kind of in the position I'm in. Say you've you've already paid off your 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 bookies. Uh, you're, yeah. you're done for you're done for the year. Uh, why are you watching game week thirty eight? Uh, you know, relegations decided. Top four is effectively decided. I mean, I'm I'm just not enough. Uh, I, if I grew up in the UK and I, I was an Arsenal fan or Spurs fan for life, I could get more worked up about who finished second and third, Arsenal yeah. or Spurs. You know, right. like I know that in the Premier League era, uh, Arsenal never finished below Spurs, but who cares? You know? <laughs> <laughs> just like, I, just can't, I can't get excited about it. Here's uh, kind of where I'm at for Game Week 38. So imagine in reverse, you go to like a Ultimate Fighting Championship, the U, a UFC sort of title bout. It's mm-hmm. all about that title bout. I feel like the title bout has already been decided. Therefore, prior to, there are a bunch of non-title card matches happening. Right. You don't know who's fighting. All you can hope for is that <laughs> there is just a crazy beatdown. So for Game Week 38, I just want to see some crazy-ass beatdowns. <laughs> I want to see some crazy yeah. scorelines. That, that, that's, that's fair. And uh, I guess, I mean... Man City could – they could lose and um, you know, there's still a bit of a battle for fourth place. Man's, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean I, you know, Swansea have nothing to play for, although they played quite well. 
Um, maybe they're playing to keep their manager. I think you know he hasn't signed a contract for next year. Uh, so, and I think so I home, feel like right? they just announced today that uh, Guardoline is on for another season. Oh, is that is that so? Okay, so yep, yep. so they don't even have that to play for. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> nothing to play for. Uh, Man City have everything to play for, uh, and all they have to do is get a point. Mm-hmm. One single point is enough for them to uh, to get fourth mm-hmm. place. Wow. Yeah, and if they if they win and Arsenal lose, which would be just so hilarious, uh, then they would actually finish third, doesn't finish fourth. But it doesn't matter anyways because even if Liverpool uh, win the Europa League and get a Champions League spot for next year, uh, that spot will not come from. It's not like a couple of years ago when Spurs finished fourth and Chelsea got the spot because they won the Champions League. Uh, right. This year, there's, it's just a fifth spot for Liverpool. And right. I, I'm really excited about that uh, Europa League final, by the way. That's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Sevilla going for th- what, three in a row. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and I, I wouldn't read too much into the Liverpool performance against Chelsea today. Um, it's just it's just a uh, a different sort of monster that they were playing against Chelsea and yeah Chelsea Chelsea's playing some kind of football right now and I don't know who for or why but they are <laughs> yeah yeah I, I agree and you know it, it was kind of funny that that goal right at the end of that Chelsea Liverpool match was so was, I feel like there was a kind of poetic justice there for Caesar Aspilicueta owners. Uh, after somehow picking up, <laughs> somehow picking up all three bonus points in a three-two loss. Oh, classic Dave, right there! What the hell is that? I there is know. no. All right, that is enough for uh, 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 our attorney general, a uh, general. Uh, what's her name? Loretta Lynch to to investigate the FPL system to he, find out what's yeah, going on with the bonus points. Points because he decided not to play defense in that match. I mean, you should never get three bonus points if you're a defender and three goals are considered in your team. Every time, I mean, I actually watched that whole match. I mean, he was never in his defensive end. I don't even think. I don't even think on corner kicks he was at the defensive end. He was in an offside position at the other end. I mean, the guy was just—he was just looking for goals and assists in that match. Okay, uh, we're we're, we're getting we're getting crazy sidetracked yeah. this podcast. Right, right. But I have okay. but, but I have one last question about Cesar Aspilicueta. Okay. All right, there was a vine that was posted on Twitter of uh, both teams arriving in the locker room at Anfield today. Chelsea Liverpool. Okay, uh, Christian Benteke and Eden Hazard link up and they're talking, which makes perfect sense because they're both Belgian. They're talking about, hey, you know, what hotel are you staying at and. And sure. uh, and all this sort of thing, and then Caesar Aspilicueta walks by, and he he leans in and he shakes Christian Benteke's hand like they've known each other for some time. Interesting. And I'm, I'm racking my brain as to what the link would be between Aspilicueta and Benteke. Maybe they stayed in a hotel together in uh, Brazil, or Do like you think you know, they like, maybe they share a same ex wife or something like that. They could share an agent. They could share an agent. Ooh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably that's probably the most likely. They, they share an agent. The agent like took him out to dinner the night before or something like that. All right, Josh. I think uh, you got so far the, as to Gerd yeah. Meld, Gerd, yeah. Gerd Muller, not to Gerd, be Gerd confused Muller. with yeah. uh, with no, Gerd Meld. Yeah, no, and there's no there's no umlaut over the over the Mueller like uh, like like the original Gerd Muller. No. Unless it's him. Maybe it's you know maybe maybe that is the the real Gerd Muller, and he he's in our league. That'd be fantastic. I'm actually I I was actually thinking of Gerd Meld who. Who was Ayal Nabumbu at one point top of the league very recently and has dropped to twentieth place? 
Yeah, let's not talk about. Let's, let's let Gary melt. Sorry, his, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Gary. I'm sure you have a happy and fulfilling life outside <laughs> of fantasy, Gary. Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, I'm like 200th. So, uh, you know, 200th, and I'm like 100,000th in the league. It's, I'm not doing that poorly, but it's a, you know, it's a very competitive league. Okay, so anyway, uh, Cosmelo 11, Richard Cosmelo in seventh place, uh, Gam Chester United, Graham McDonald. Uh, uh, these guys are actually almost everyone's all, all I was going to call him a, a front of the pod, which he is, but uh, nearly everyone I feel like in the top 25 or so has been uh, sending us, uh, you know, messages on Facebook and Twitter and, and below. Yeah. And Gmail. Uh, Chris Morin, of course, uh, someone who sent us a ton of messages over the years. Um, uh, Darius Zlatan is in ninth place and Phil Carter is in 10th. So, um, yeah, still really competitive. And in fact, Phil Carter is in 10th and he's still only. 36 points back of uh, first place, which is probably too much to make up. Uh, but I will ask you this, Brandon, because you have a key question here in our running order. <laughs> I do. That key question is, uh, how much ground is too much ground to make up? I asked this question because I saw on the FPL Reddit thread earlier today, somebody said, um, I'm in second place in my mini league with a 40-point gap. Can I do it in game week 38? And there was just myriad responses of, of like, yes, no, maybe, here are the things that you have to do. And it got me thinking, um, I mean, my initial reaction was 40 points, no way, can't do it. The only way that happens is if, I mean, in this modern age that we live in where we have triple captaincy chips, if you still have your triple captain... I think even with no chips, it can be done. Uh, well, so, somebody somebody on this thread did mention, okay, so, I mean, it seems a bit of a joke to mention the Everton defense. But if you captain Leighton Baines and he gets yeah. two, two goals and a clean sheet that's guaranteed three bonus effectively, yeah, uh, and you captain him, that's 40 points. Exactly. Or, I mean, you know— uh, Olivier Giroud at home to to Aston Villa or, or, or I mean, okay so the reason I bring up Giroud though is because what you'd have to do if you're if you're thirty points behind and let's say that it's just a head to head league and you don't because part of the part of the concern here sometimes is that you know especially if you're in a money league um, second place still typically has a fair amount of money attached to it so you don't want to just completely blow up your team and then have the third place guy come in and, and, and take over. You know, sure. I, I had this problem uh, a couple years ago in the league where uh, I was trying to overcome uh, our friend Daniel who ended up winning the league, but there was some, I think it was you. Someone was like just far enough, just close enough to me that I couldn't just burn a, you know, like I had to, so let's say that's not a factor and you're just going for first place. You're going for first. I think what you have to do is look at their team and any transfers you make have to be players that you have to you have to be transferring out players they have and bringing in new. You can't have yeah. the same players as them, yeah. you know, right? Because it's not just about you getting points from your players; it's about them not them having the bad luck of yeah. having the players they own not perform. Right? You know, you have to get very lucky. Yeah. Uh, but I think it could be done. I mean, let's say. I remember Theo Walcott. Didn't he score a hat trick in the last game of the season last year he, away to Sunderland? He did, and I think somebody did the stat of the last three players last season to score hat tricks were uh, Sergio Aguero. Um, who's the last person to score a hat trick like in the league this year? It, it, it basically yeah, it basically mirrored mirrored this season last season, and yeah. it left the open slot for Theo Walcott to again. You know, create basically the hat trick of hat tricks mirroring each other. Right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you do, you do have to get lucky, and I, I think you're right. You can't get caught up in 
this is the game that you play all season. Like I have to cover the the balance of what do I what do I cover and what do I how do I differentiate? Right. And at this point, it's got to be all differentiation. Yeah, I mean, this is why I captain Diego Costa this game week, right? I mean, for me, I, you know, I just I want to make up some ground, and there's I don't care where I fi- you know if I finish fifth or eighth or whatever in my mini league, who cares? You know, like I'll right. never remember where right. I finished. Um, so, I mean, that, that was the punt that was immediately going so well for you. I mean, it was like within 10 minutes that Costa <laughs> scores. I know. And, uh, and I was even, ha- even when the six was fine, you know, because yeah. I, you know, I know how bad that Liverpool de- I actually think he really would have played well, uh, you know, in the Liverpool match if he'd been able to, you know, if he'd played, uh, because their center backs are terrible, you know, I mean, you know, Colo Torre and, <laughs> and, uh, Dejan Leverant. I mean, these are. These guys will not be playing for Liverpool next season. There's just no chance. <laughs> it's a car uh, salesman and effectively a French mayonnaise or a yeah. French mustard. So he could he could have picked up you know a goal and assist in that match. Let's say um, he's he racked up quite a few assists this season. You know, goal and assist, two points. I mean, that could be twelve points. I could have picked up like eighteen points all told across two matches from from Costa. Right. Um, you know, so it's just bad luck. You know, it's a, it's okay. Um, so, but <laughs> but you know that's hey, it's okay. But I will say, I think that if I were making up ground uh, and I was looking to captain a like a, a, a proper differential, uh, I think I would be looking – I mean, I think Leighton Baines is really interesting I, or like someone like that. Um, yeah. I think that uh, – I think mid- midfielders though are kind of the way to go because you just you just get more yeah. points for goals. You, right. can get that, you can get that clean sheet bonus point. Uh, they tend to get more bonus points in general. Yeah. Uh, so you're more likely to get a 20 point haul from a midfielder than I think uh, anywhere else. It's true. It's such a it's a bigger gamble with the clean sheet. So if you're a defender, you're relying on the clean sheet, which is a gamble in and of itself for that four points. Um, but a midfielder, right? You're still going to get a point for a clean sheet, and the goals are worth even more. So midfielder split the difference, better odds. So let's let's go into it though. Let's say okay, let's. I mean, you know, might as well just do it or let's just do it right now, Brandon. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So, uh, Sounds week, like I'm on my honeymoon right now. <laughs> game week 38. Uh, last. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Last game week. All right, of let's do it. Let, let us, let's just get it all. Let's leave it all out on the table. Let's try to find. OK, let's 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 say that we're. I mean, it's actually it's it's slightly okay. I'm going to remove myself from the equation here, but it, you know, I, I'm actually about 30 points behind you. So I guess you, if I were you really could, committed to this, yeah, could, yeah. Are, are you are you are you thinking about you thinking? About, I mean, obviously, you're thinking about catching me. Well, yeah, I, I don't. Not really, to be honest. I I just yeah. don't think. I, I don't. I mean, to be honest, making up 30 points, 40 points, it's it's hard to do, and uh, I've lost a little of my will. My, some of my willpower is gone. Okay, okay so well, but okay. before so, before before we get into it, talking yeah. about that though, yeah, everyone wants to know if you'll, and maybe we'll get to this later on, if you're going to pick up Mobikani. And, uh, you know, I'm not, maybe that thinking could of, actually make up the 30 points that we're talking of, about. Thinking about it very seriously. Okay. I, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, so uh, let's would, just have that. Let's thread that through the podcast here. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, if I were to, uh, to, if I were to look at some, some differential captains, uh, for game week 38, uh, I think Eden Hazard, uh, sticks out, uh, very low ownership, uh, high price, hard, hard for people to bring in, um, you know, could he looked great in the Liverpool match? Uh, looked pretty good in the Sunderland match too. Uh, could definitely score two or three goals. 
Um, and I mean, so, that goal he scored against Liverpool was, I, I mean, his goals just like goal. cra- crazy, yeah. crazy, get more, more and more brilliant as know, these, yeah, as these dying goal. weeks go by. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's one that I would look at. Um, I think that, but what yeah. is your prediction of how yeah. that Lester, how that Lester team is going to line up? And it, it's a really so tough to- one to call because it's going to be a weird game. That is true. For, I mean, former champions, reigning champions. So it's going to be the guard of honor. Maybe Lester feels a weakened lineup because they already had their trophy ceremony and all their big players got their due. Maybe they feel the weakened lineup. I don't think so. I, I can you imagine them not starting Vardy and Mares in game week thirty eight? Or I mean, Vardy you know, still has to publicly shame as many people as he can. <laughs> apparently on the field. Yeah, I mean Christian Christian Fuchs. You know, I mean, you're really not going to start him. Oh, Dan- so Danny, that, Danny Danny Drinkwater's got to get a run out. A, well, Drinkwater will be back in. You know, because yeah, really, exactly. So he'll I'm definitely saying. be playing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I, I think that'll be that's the match I'm most looking forward to from a pure watch standpoint. Yeah. Uh, though I also have some players in those matches. In that match. Okay. Um, so, I, okay, that's that's one that sticks out. Um, I think that Leighton Baines uh, is not one that sticks out for me just because I think uh, um, that Everton that, team that has, has get, is. They're trying to get Roberto Martinez fired pretty clearly uh, by not trying at all. And, uh, yeah, I think that uh, there's too good of a chance of them conceding goals. I mean, God, like Romelu Lukaku. I mean, not, not, neither of us brought him in or really even really seriously thought about doing it. But he was – it's unbelievable how poor he was. Yeah. I mean, non-factor in, in, in both of those matches. And it, it's a testament to uh, what a shit manager Martinez is right now because there's nothing working there. There is a disconnect between Lukaku and the midfield. So either that system is being poorly managed or Lukaku just doesn't want to connect. Therefore, don't play him. Yeah. So whatever's going on there is is sabotage and needs to you need to stay away from it. What about Kevin De Bruyne uh, away to uh, Swansea? I think I mean, that's a I think that's a great pick for a differential because obviously the the bigger sh- him. yeah a lot of people have dropped him because of poor performance, um, but he will. I mean, it seems obvious that he will play. City have to get at least a point from this match to guarantee top four, which yeah. I think they will do. And they'll fill the strongest possible lineup. De Bruyne, I don't know. He's just not been the guy that was promised to us, like the first. <laughs> the, he's not the De Bruyne we were looking for. He's not, These are not the De Bruyne's you were looking for. <laughs> I feel like I know when I've when I've said the line that you're going to make the, the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. Uh, I think, I think that might long. be too long. <laughs> uh, what about so, you, uh, so, but but it's but it's true. Everyone will captain Aguero in this game week, and De Bruyne seems like the sensible uh, alternative. So, okay, so I'm curious about Sunderland is going up against Watford. Like Watford, Watford. I'm sorry, I, I'm addressing an open letter to Watford. You are garbage. You suck. Even that- Trevino. <laughs> Troy Dino, Troy Dini, uh, the Brazilian genius Troy Dino. It was it was at least vindication for anybody who who told you to captain Troy Dino in in this game week that he got a goal and an assist against Norwich, but to capitulate in that way to well, okay, actually, I'm 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 going against everything that always cheating stands for because. 
Mubakani was let free. He was let to roam free against Watford, and he would have done the same thing to Barcelona, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> okay, here's – okay, let me just uh, – you know, we, we're going to get to the Mubakani thing in a second here. My, my, point, my point being uh, is, I don't know, maybe Defoe – Defoe definitely got cock-blocked in, in many ways uh, today – uh, against who did Sunderland play? Uh, Everton. Uh, Everton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he might be looking. To, that guy is always scheming. Defoe is a schemer. He's a confidence trickster. He's always looking to find his way into uh-huh. that uh, Euro Cup team. He's he's basically going to be um, picketing all week to get into the squad and to score as many goals as possible. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Um, but I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be playing I, I wouldn't be uh, Captain Indefell. He just he couldn't score. You know, I mean we're, I'm still talking like 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 we're trying to make up thirty forty points here. I mean Captain Defoe in a normal week is probably fine. I mean he uh, there's a very good chance I think he'll actually he will score away to Wofford. Uh Okay, so the Mobacani thing. Um, let's let's actually move on. Let's move right on to it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, because ever the only reason anyone nobody. Everyone already knows what they're going to do in Game Week 38. The only reason they're listening to Always Cheating right now is, what's up with Mubakani? I'm going to lay all the Mubakani cards on the table here, okay? Do it. There's Okay, two things are important about Dan Wesley Mubakani. Uh, the first thing is that he has an absolutely wonderful name. And um, it's Deo Mercy Mubakani. It's eight syllables. It is It is absolutely – It's. I love saying that that combination of eight syllables out loud. I say it a lot. You know, I just – you know, saying it on the podcast is fantastic. It's just, it's fan, it's great. But the other thing is, when we first started talking about Mubakani, you know, he was brought in before the first transfer window closed, and we started talking about him because I thought that he was, a, he had scored everywhere he'd been. You know, he's kind of a Troy Deeney type. You know, every level he played at, he'd been a goal scorer. And I, I thought this guy is cheap, and he's going to be a real differential, and he's the kind of player that could actually keep uh, Norwich up. And I mean, if you look, if you look, listen back on game week three, we're not even making fun of him yet. You know, like we're treating it seriously. It's only we never later. we never made fun. We never made of fun Mo- exactly, but you know, at some point it became kind of a joke to bring him up because he wasn't starting at all. He was never playing. It was a crime. Yeah, exactly. So you know, but he was. We brought him up to begin with because he is a good player. I mean, we don't talk about um, who's that? Who's that guy on Aston Villa? Who's like. His name's like Serving Tray or something like that. <laughs> he got the, uh, serving Tray? He got, he got the assist a couple weeks ago. Toner cartridge. <laughs> toner. toner cartridge. <laughs> That's right, Toner. So, uh, oh, Toner picked up a clean sheet this week. He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like our friend Toner Cartridge on Aston Villa. It's a totally, totally different situation. Uh, so it really is ridiculous that that you know. I mean, Cameron Jerome is not a good player. You know, Cameron Jerome has bounced in and out of the Premier League for years and years and years, uh, and has never been good. And uh, was good in the Championship last year because he found his level. He is, you know, he's good enough to. He rose to the level of his incompetence, you know, which was the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but when he was, you know, playing in the Championship, he was fantastic. That's why certain players like to hang out there. That's why Stuart Downing was, you know, thrived <laughs> Middlesbrough. Yeah, uh, you know, Richie so, Delat. So once they finally unleashed him and he scored two goals this match, it was like, yeah, of course. Like, what would have happened if you if you'd done this all season and you had? This, I mean, Jerome. It was only a match or two ago, and Jerome was absolutely terrible. I mean, just real, real. I mean, was was it the? Um, 
He did play uh, uh, in the Man you U match, right? Name, yeah. name, name any match in which he played, and you'd be yeah. talking about that match. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I hate to say, I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I have nothing personal against Cameron Jerome other no, than that. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a real shame. <clears throat> nothing would would have bring brought us greater joy than the than Cameron Jerome lighting up the Premier League. Yeah, the, the light of all the of all the Norwich boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. So just to just to run through uh, some of the Twitter and Facebook comments that received after this is kind of well it was happened. The first goal got it started, but the second goal was when things really went nuts. Uh, so um, our uh, Rose Dower uh, Rose Dower. Uh, am I pronouncing that correctly? R O W S D O W R. Yeah, I think that's right. Rose Dower at at uh, Camusdino. Uh, first wrote all caps, no exclamation points. Infinite Mobacani, and then later wrote Age of Mobacani with four exclamation points, <laughs> which is a reference to I think all the uh, uh, Avengers movies or some such thing. Exactly. <laughs> I wish that he had done. Um, what's the newest Captain America? Oh um, yeah, Mobacani Civil War, Civil War. <laughs> or Day, Days Days yeah. of Future Mobacani, maybe. <laughs> or uh, maybe I, I'm thinking more like Bourne movies, like uh, <clears throat> the Mobacani Supremacy, Mobacani Identity, yeah, yeah Mobacani would... Ultimatum. <laughs> uh, Phil Carter said, uh, "Trusty, both triple captain Mobacani." Uh, Colin Bothwell wrote, "Please tell me that you got him." Um, Siraj Garifs, uh, Siraj, excuse me, Siraj Garesh said, um, "Hey, Siraj." You're still, you're still bringing in a captain of Mabakani, though, right? Um, and uh, and so on. I think that's only a sample of all. I, the- I, I love how everybody basically looked to us like you guys were the only people like like crazy enough to actually bring in Mabakani. One of the true highlights of the season is any any time anything good happens to Mabakani, we get a lot of. Uh, I also tweeted out like seven Mobacani tweets over the course of the day. If, uh, if anyone remembers the Always Cheating podcast for anything, it will be thank you to Dio Mercy Mobacani. So we, right. we basically owe as much to him yeah, and as, now he's as he owes to us. And now he's being relegated. So we really – he's our lifeline and now he's going to be the championship. We should, yeah, we should be I, his I agent. I, I mean if you're watching the Champions League next year though, I mean I, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't. Ch- championship? Uh, that, oh, no, the Champions League. No, okay. I, I'm sure well, that uh, that Real and Barca will be uh, will be looking at him. Yeah, uh, he can they play. have half a brain. That's and that's, that's the nice thing about Mokani is he can he can play you know keeper. I mean, if Keeler Navas leaves, <laughs> uh, I think that he could he could fill in easily. Hey, I will say this: if Alex Song can go to Barcelona, you better believe that Dea Mercy Mokani can go to Barcelona. Touche. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so good on you, Mokani. Uh, I know we've like totally lost the plot here, but um, let's, let's, I, we also had this a is call. the most bananas podcast we've done all season. Yeah, we're a little loopy. <laughs> uh, call. We had a call for our Twitter and Facebook questions. Uh, we had a couple, um, a little less than usual. I think everyone's kind of they're like ready to to walk away from this season. <laughs> um, but uh, Jim Payne says uh, thanks for helping me on the learning curve in my first season. Uh, aiming for the top 100 in next season's Hail Cheaters Super League. Uh, and, Dare to uh, dream. Yeah, thank you to Jim because he's uh, written a lot of – seems like a really nice guy. A uh, fellow birder, in fact. Um, as you know, Brandon, I'm a bit of a bird nut. Um, and so I've talked, I've talked in, you know, on, on Twitter on my personal account. Oh, wow. I don't want to know about these weird personal <laughs> avenues you have with our listeners. It's uh, creeping me out. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks, Jim. And uh, – 
Kevin Mann uh, wrote a uh, friend, uh, Triple Captain Van Anhalt, uh, second in our mini league. I was first. Uh, brave hashtag differential could have won it. No, I mean, if he was second in the mini league and and uh, and and just overtook first for Kevin Mann, surely Kevin Mann can still take one of our chosen differentials. Yeah. Come on, Kevin Mann. You yeah. can do it. Don't like, don't lose hope. Exactly. Just bring in Kevin De Bruyne. I, this is my the Josh Lannan guarantee. Kevin De Bruyne is going to score <laughs> in that Swansea match. I feel very confident about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Josh Storky uh, at Josh Stork says uh, replacement for Lanzini, approximately five million, or keep him. Uh, I have two tree, two, uh, two free transfers and a plan. The out all out attack will be swapping uh, Mil- Milner for Tadic uh, for the other. So. Um, Kind of mangled that one, but basically, um, no, who, I, I follow you. So yeah. basically, he's got two free transfers. One of those he's already committed Milner to Tadic, which I think is thumbs up all the way. Seems sure. great. And what is his other transfer? Should he should he throw Lanzini on the chopping block? Yeah. Um, I I would be very hesitant to get rid of Lanzini. They're playing a Stoke team that has clearly been on the beach for a while now, and Lanzini looked really good. In their in uh, West Ham's last match, obviously a, a different sort of match for West Ham there, but I assume Lanzine will play. And Stokes' defense is no good; they have a terrible keeper. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really can't think of anyone for around five million that I that I would rather have. Uh, possibly a Wobi for Arsenal, assuming he starts. Uh, you know that that one maybe. I, I don't know. There there aren't a lot of. Um, you know, just in that, given the fixtures for this final week, there aren't a lot of great five million options. I wouldn't say. Yeah, and the guarantee that Awobi would do better than Lanzini. Adams is not. It's, it's Lanzini not looks so. He looks so good in that Man U match. You know, I mean, he's like he looked transfer in worthy in that Man U match. He actually almost had a second assist too. I, I don't know if you. I'm, I'm all the Andy Carroll owners out there must be. Still so upset because he he played a beautiful pass under yeah. Carroll one on one. Made a complete hash of it. Yeah, that was. You know, I will say I, I had a pretty. Um, I, had, I had a pretty overall unlucky game week. I know um, Marshall did come through for me uh, in the West Ham match, but at least I didn't bring in Andy Carroll and uh, and captain him as so many did. Uh, yeah. That was a very tough break. And in yeah. fact, the guy who is in second place in our league uh, did just that. And uh, it would be like what, like a four point difference or so if if he hadn't done that. So yeah, very. Uh, yeah, Carroll definitely screwed a lot of people this game week. Yeah, I'm having trouble actually getting Lanzini into my lineup for game week 38, which is troubling me. So I think that goes to say, uh, keep him if you can. The fact that, yeah, I think I think I think I agree with you there. Maybe just maybe maybe you can make a defensive move or a defensive transfer or something like that. Uh, If it's your last transfer of the season, bring in bring in a new goalkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) If it's free, use it. on uh, Facebook, uh, Scott Gill uh, says, uh, have a bench boost left if anyone wants it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he also said, um, is your favorite player? Oh, we forgot a Mubakani question. I can't believe this. Uh, is your favorite player Mubakani an option given that Everton have simply not shown up for two months? Absolutely. I am very seriously considering bringing in Mubakani. Very seriously consider captaining Mubakani. <laughs> I think I think I will I will be I will be held to the like you know I don't know if I'm going to be captain him in the end for this game week but I think there's a very good chance I will bring him in. I actually think he's a very good option for this game week. 
I mean, I, I think he's, he's finally so legitimized in your yeah. eyes. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, I'm definitely thinking about bringing him up a county. <laughs> I, I, I am I am fast forwarding to Mobakani actually listening to this episode and tears slowly developing in the corners of his eyes as he hears you say, no, he's actually a serious option. <laughs> poor, poor Mobakani. Well, he knows he hasn't been starting. He knows, oh, he knows, yeah. 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 He, he's on to bigger and better things. Uh, Siraj, another question from Siraj, says, uh, Crystal Palace. Hey, Siraj. Crystal <laughs> Palace might rest a few key players for the FA Cup final. Uh, this could make Southampton players like Tadich or Mane interesting options. Yeah, we talked about Tadich already. I think uh, he looked great. Uh, didn't couldn't really be bothered the first thirty five weeks. Kind of like kind of like Eden Hazard. Uh, could be bothered for those 34, 35 weeks, but has really come on the last few weeks. I mean, uh, it, yeah. it, his I mean, talk uh, about his it. his stats have been insane. Two goals and six assists in the last four matches. I think. You know, we we didn't talk about uh, about Mane, uh, but you know, Mane is always an interesting option for huge point returns. Um, I mean, famously scored, you know, the hat trick in two and a half minutes. Uh, but just in general, you know, is do you remember when he scored that hat trick? Actually, because you came over to my apartment to watch uh, soccer. Sure, we <laughs> to watch and soccer. Soccer. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, uh, I feel like we've told this story a few times on the podcast before. And that I was walking over to your apartment, and I was running a little behind, and. That Southampton game was the early fixture, and I had it on TalkSport Live on my iPod. And I was waiting in line at Starbucks to get a coffee while I was walking over to your apartment. And while, this is not an exaggeration, while waiting at, in line at Starbucks, he scored the hat trick. It was... How is the, the line... How, I mean, at 7 o'clock in the morning, how is the line at Starbucks that long? People have places to go, Josh, and and they go there. They go to these places at all hours. Very Brooklyn. You're in a very hip neighborhood with your fancy Starbucks. <laughs> if it was that hip, people would not be up <laughs> at 7 a.m., I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, it's kind of a weird game week, Brandon, but we have we have one final section here, which is uh, I, I, I put a call out on Twitter I call slash complaint out on Twitter, and I said I'm trying to figure out what the most exciting part of Game Week 38 will be. Uh, Champions League spots effectively locked up, relegation over anything, and a few people wrote in with uh, with comments. Um, and so um, our friends uh, Tim Shaw, soccer captains, wrote, uh, "Don't forget about that highly contested Europa League spot." Ho ho! That is kind of true, right? I mean, I think um, I'm. I guess if Man City go to the Champions League, which they will almost certainly, yeah. um, then I think the Europa League spot they would have won for winning the League Cup goes to uh, goes back into the Premier League because the runner up in the League Cup doesn't get that spot. So right, I think that West Ham uh, would need to. I guess because if Southampton wins, they'd overtake West Ham if West Ham don't win. So uh, West Ham would need to win to get the Europa League spot. Assuming they want it, you know, I mean, yeah. some, you know, but I think um, given the kind of team they have, I think that I don't, I don't know about you, but doesn't the Europa League just seem a little better than it used to be? Like maybe uh, it's because there's maybe because you win that Champions League spot. I don't know what it is, but it just seems it's not like it's must watch TV or anything like that. But I don't know. It's um, you know, the I, games I are also all on at like three o'clock yeah. on Thursdays, which is as an American, it's like impossible to watch these matches. But I feel like there's a little impossible. more juice there. 
I I think it has benefited as Premier League fans. It has benefited from Tottenham and Liverpool being going so far in it this year. Right, Liverpool especially. Uh, it, it it seemed like Klopp when Klopp got to Liverpool, he never had a proper chance to get into the top four, given where Liverpool started, and mm-hmm. and he's got this vision to win the Europa League, which will miraculously get them in the Champions League, and therefore. He will then dominate the Premier League from hence and heretofore. <laughs> uh, uh, I, so the narrative, without a doubt, is there. Yeah, more more than it ever has been. And and I this is coming from a Fulham fan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, remembering uh, longingly that Juventus game. So, uh, but yeah, I think more juice than ever, definitely. Yeah, and it's you know, it's, and even even without the Champions, it's still a cup. You know, it's still, it's still. I mean, like they had to beat Borussia Dortmund over two legs. I mean, like it's they've earned it. You know, I mean they, you know, they had to beat a pretty good Villarreal team too. So, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a good run. It's not like they've ridden a, a bunch of, you know, sure media opponents on the way. The rise, that. the rise of football hipsterdom also benefits the <laughs> Europa League. Yeah. The the Dortmunds of the world, uh, nay, uh, Liverpool and Spurs now in this modern hipster age. <laughs> right. Europa Europa is there for you where you you don't want to watch Bayern and Real Madrid play. It's pretty impressive. I, I suppose if I'm sure that Man City's goal differentials you know, if Man City were to lose uh and Man U were to lose and West Ham won, they would actually finish tied for fourth with uh, Man City. I, I think that the goal differential is, is enough for Man City that they'd be in regardless. But uh, really impressive for West Ham. And we don't need to go into this too much because uh, everyone, everyone who plays fantasy was watching this game or paying attention to it. But it was kind of shocking, wasn't it, that Man U was up 2-1 to one, uh, with about 75 minutes or, you know, 75 minutes played in that match. And it was like they collectively decided that they didn't want to play in the Champions <laughs> League next year. I mean that it's it's inexplicable. I mean, you're 15 minutes left. You got to be like all but rolling the ball into the corner with 15 minutes to go, right? I well, mean, I it's they, stunning. I, I I don't know. They just don't have the players united. And that second goal by uh, Martial, that was a solo effort. Like he willed that he, he a willed that ball into the goal himself, and also uh, Randolph also willed that ball into the goal. I don't know what he was doing there. Mm-hmm. The, that United team, they took their the, Martial took those chances when he had them. But other than that, West Ham was all over that game, and I and I would say on the whole that was West Ham's game to lose, and they did not lose it. I don't know. That wasn't my my impression of the match. I I, I felt like uh, I mean the momentum is you know a difficult thing to pin down, but certainly it felt like. West Ham had them on the they had they had Manu on the back foot for like the first half for sure, but I felt like this the 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 first you know thirty minutes of the second half I felt like Manu was was playing a little bit better, um, and, uh, and then the last fifteen minutes I mean, it was just a completely different game. Yeah, so um, you're talking about thirty minutes in which you thought Manu should have won the games. Yeah, but the second half, I mean, you know, with fifteen minutes left, I mean, you know, the the second half they were better and, and yeah. until they weren't, you know, but. Um, here's, I don't here's know. My, I mean, here's, here's I'll, my, I'll credit, to, I'll credit to West Ham certainly, but, uh, yeah. it, you know, it's just, that is, a, that is a hugely embarrassing, um, loss for Man U. It is. And my hot take on Man U is I think that's, I, w- if I were a United fan, I would not, I, I would not be disappointed to see Louis van Gaal still there next season. 
under the, uh, under the strict circumstance that they overhaul the squad. Like, that squad is a disaster. I don't think that LVG is a problem for that team right now. I think that yeah. the players they have are garbage. It's so hard to know. I mean, I, I, I do know that as a, as a fan of, of as someone who can watch basically any two teams playing the Premier League at any time, you know, like I, I never have a bad time unless, unless West Brom's involved. Um, they were, or your, they were or really, your fantasy team isn't doing very well. Even then, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I really do enjoy. I, I can watch almost any any Premier League match, uh, but they have really been the least entertaining team to watch all season. And I don't know how much that how much of that goes to Van Gaal. How much of that? Um, I mean, it, it did feel like there was a time early on in the season. I mean, I think you could be onto something because I think that you know early on, especially when Luke Shaw was still there, they really did seem like they were building something, you know, and Wayne Rooney was, when he was healthy, I mean, I, I actually don't know if, I mean, Wayne Rooney, um, I don't know if he's still battling injuries or if it's just over for him. Um, you know, I'm not a big enough Man U fan to, to answer that question, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it'd be interesting to see what they're, what happens next year. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, the Rooney conversation is like not even interesting to have at this point. But they had they've they've had some great youth players come up. But the players they brought in, like Schneiderlin, Schweinsteiger, uh, terrible, both terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, Schneiderlin, Mar- Martial, but, Martial, great signing. Obviously, a great signing. Yeah, but what else is happening there? I think the youth players. I mean, I think that there's... Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, Mark, and, you, and you have to credit Louis Van Gaal for bringing them into the, the team, I yeah. suppose. I, I don't even necessarily disagree with you about Van Gaal, but I, I, I can understand the fan frustration with him because, you know, they have not been a fun team to watch this year. And they, they yeah. really weren't any fun last year either. Um, so it's, it's the, it's the age-old question enough. of, of yeah. who, who is responsible. Is it the backroom staff making these transfers, or is it Van Gaal who's making them? And ultimately, if it is Van Gaal who brings in Schweinsteiger then, and Depay, I mean, I assume he has a lot to do with Depay, given right. the Dutch connection, then then maybe he does have to be hung out to dry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, if, if he doesn't come back next year, I can certainly understand why. Yeah, right. Okay, um, so uh, Scott Gill says uh, back to uh, things to look forward to in Game Week Thirty Eight: uh, the intriguing battle between Arsenal and Villa, and that confused look from Wenger. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like fun. I I I do feel in my bones that somehow this match will be like nil nil or one nil or something dumb's going to happen in this match, uh, just because. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they have enough to play for that they're they're going to have to feel the strong side. This isn't like last year, where I think last year they didn't really have anything to play for, and that's why Theo Walcott got such a such a run out. Uh, and they they might be they, Theo Walcott might start in this match just because they need to uh, shop him in the window. There's a lot of talk that that West Ham uh, may be buying him for like around twenty million pounds. Uh, so <laughs> oh, no. by the way, speak, speaking of the West Ham Arsenal connection. Uh, I was on Instagram today, and today Carl Jenkinson took over the Arsenal Instagram feed. Is what? he back at Arsenal again? Uh, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. It was the most <laughs> surreal thing. It was basically just pictures of Jenkinson hanging out in the in the the back the back rooms of the <laughs> Arsenal offices, and <laughs> that guy is a weird guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's kind of a weird guy. Uh, 
Remember there was that story about him being like the son of Rick Astley? This is like a couple years ago. There was this, yeah. Some I believe weird, it. Yeah. <laughs> never going to give you up. Never going to do goodbye. I love it. Uh, Dave from Burnley had a few different comments. He he was kind of like working me from different angles, trying to find something to get me excited. I felt like he, <laughs> he like he took it upon himself to find a way to get to like to like be yeah. There, there's some good stuff here. There's some fun stuff. Okay, this is what uh, your wife goes through on a nightly yeah, basis. I'm yeah, guessing ex- exactly. Uh, he's Dave from Burnley says um, I can get worked up about Giroud versus Villa. Uh, I said I can't. Uh, <laughs> that one that one's not going to do it for me. Uh, mostly because. Uh, I mean, Giroud did look really good against. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Giroud did extremely well on uh, this Villa match. Uh, sure. I think he's a he's definitely a captain option. Um, yeah, and he's he's looking ahead to the Euros as well, wanting to yeah. come out with some momentum. Yeah, I can't really get that worked up. With it. I'm just so frustrated with Arsenal. I mean, I, I I don't know any Arsenal fan. I don't know how we're getting through the last half of the season because the, the title was laid out for them. You know, they really, they really should have won this year. Oh, I mean, when when Welbs when Welbs did his knee again, they yeah. showed these highlights of him scoring that game winning goal against Leicester, and I remember those scenes and those scenes of like it's ours, like we've got, we have our hands yeah. on the title. We were at the football factory, uh, which is a yeah. which Arsenal supporters bar, and. Uh, well, that is to say, there's a lot of Arsenal supporters there, and uh, yeah, they were going nuts. I mean, like absolutely losing their mind, understandably so. I mean, as, as dramatic as it gets, and yeah. you just thought, yeah, this could happen. And then, of course, you know, but then Welves is not. I mean, the, the you know, it's like, I mean, this is like completely off topic, and I won't go on this for too long. But they didn't buy a striker, you know, and and Welbeck is a is a good player, um, but he's not he's not a he's not really a, a striker exactly. He's not a great striker certainly, and. Uh, Giroud, you know, hadn't scored in 15 weeks and, uh, you know, it's just, um, you know, they, they have hundreds of millions of dollars and Wenger doesn't feel like he wants to, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I honestly can't even, the thought of going into next season with Arsene Wenger as the manager is, is like so painful to me because <laughs> it will never end. It will never end until he goes. There is, if he is the manager <laughs> next year, they have, they have a less than zero, they have a negative percent chance of winning the league. They cannot win the league with him. It just it will not happen. Yeah. For, for, for a host of reasons, I, I won't even go into right here. They don't even involve money, but also it is it is kind a, of it is a Brett a Brett still. Easton Ellis book basically. It's less than zero, exactly. Uh, okay, so Dave then says Chelsea Leicester could be a goal fest. I agree with him on that front. That should be a fun match to watch. Uh, it's, it's such a coronate. It's so cool that that it worked. I mean, it would have been awesome if they had to actually win that match to to win the league. But it's still cool that they basically get the coronation. You know, the guard of honor. You know Chelsea, um, certainly less pathetic than they've been the last. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot better the second half of the season, and so yeah, I think they can they can pass the title on to Leicester and not feel too uh, too embarrassed about. Sure, and they love well, Ranieri there, and uh, Ranieri will obviously. That's true. That's love true it. too. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, and uh, then he also said that uh, second and fourth are still being battled. We talked about that earlier. I, I'm not too uh, excited about that, although. You know, talk to me uh, 80 minutes of the match when Andre Ayew has scored his fourth goal for uh, <laughs> for Swansea. <laughs> uh, so, and then uh, final final comment, final comment of the regular season uh, goes to Jack McKinnon. Uh, thing he's excited about is Gomez bookending the season with goals and Panther celebrations to beat Man City. And Man United goes to the Champions League. Now that would be amazing, and maybe it'll happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Man City's going to win like six nothing, but it'd be amazing if it did. Um, I, 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 yeah, we'll see. 
I don't know if there's any chance that uh, Tim Gomes actually starts this game. I think that they, there's probably no chance at that point. He did score. I, there's a chance. There's yeah. always a chance. What a body on that guy, Tim Gomes. What a body. I, I tweeted this, and I couldn't believe he did the full goal. I mean, after completely, I mean, he was so worthless. for. They were in the relegations up because of Gomes, effectively. You know, inability to score. Uh, okay, I, I just love that we're talking about him going into Game Week 38 because, go with me, Josh, all the way back to game the end of Game Week 4. I, I remember it well. Tim Gomes has just I was, in, I, I was on my safari, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you were, and I, I contacted you via your satellite phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, can you believe it? Four straight games, four straight goals for Buffa Timmy Gomez. No, no bonus points, of course, because he gets nine offsides but, a man. <laughs> no bonus points. And he said, <laughs> yes, yes, Brandon, I can believe it. Uh, because I can see a panther right now on my safari. <laughs> and he <laughs> But uh, but here we are talking about what a what a effing joke he is, uh, uh, poor guy. So let's let's hope that uh, the Gummies does score because I do I do love that goal celebration despite the 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 impudence of doing it in game thirty seven. <laughs> Uh, and uh, let's hope that Dan Mercy does something. I, I, you know, I, you know, it'd be, it would just be fun if he, if he really ended the season in a bang. Uh, I, I'm not even sure if we'll start. I mean, that's, I mean, like, you know, Norwich have nothing to play for, so maybe, maybe uh, Alex Neal just goes back to the well. Just more, <laughs> more Cameron Jerome missing chances and. You know, um, looking like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. I think uh, I think Alex Neal is just going to jam a bunch of morphine into his arm uh, at the end of this game. He's just going to be like, "I'm out. I'm done." Good Honestly, you, you can't you can't give him too much credit for. I mean, they their defense has been terrible all season. They, they you know, it's they didn't really buy anybody. I, I don't know if you blame. You know, is that a Norwich problem or is that an Alex Neal problem? It's hard to know. Probably more of a more of a ownership issue. He's up there with a Steve McLaren sort of appointment of if you guys weren't wise to how ill managed this team was for this long in the season, like you deserve to go down. Like, yeah, Alex yeah. Neal should have been done away with a long time ago. Yeah, well, I mean, it's he was not an it's not an Eddie Howe situation. You know, Eddie, Eddie Howe was a Bournemouth legend who you know has. Really, like, a, you know, he's part of that club. You know, I mean, Bournemouth could have scored 22 points this season and gone down. And now, you know, Eddie Howe wouldn't have lost his job. But, you know, Alex Neal was appointed the second half of the season for, for Norwich last year. And, you know, he brought him up. But, you know, usually that, that manager never, like, they often just fire that manager before the season yeah. even starts. Right. You know, I mean, that's what Watford did. And it worked out great. Isn't Bournemouth so, staying yeah. up basically the equivalent of Leicester City winning the league? Like, it's a miracle. It is. I, I think it's because there's no one to latch onto on that team that it has. Yeah. I mean, other than Eddie Howe, I mean, because yeah. every every week it's a different player that's scoring. Eddie Howe never got injured. Yeah, it does feel like smoke and mirrors of that Bournemouth team. You know, like I don't know how they're doing it, but it's um, yeah. That, and now it's going to be Bournemouth and Burnley next year. It's okay, crazy. so this this will be a this will be a question for uh, our wrap up pod next week. Um, uh, how 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 likely Bournemouth is to go down next season? Yeah. I mean, which which we can clearly predict right now. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say. You know, I think um, I know Angel de Maria. They're t- they're shopping him. You know, so he's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of, no, course. No. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, what kind of player? Do you, what kind of player does Bournemouth bring in in the offseason? They're going to get all this TV money. Mobicani, I mean, Mobicani, yeah. dog. 
That's true. That's true. But I, I don't think I can afford it. I mean, that, that's got to be a $60, $70 million transfer. I mean, it's going to be shopping spree uh, in that uh, Newcastle squad. Shelby, Wijnaldum, Sissoko. I'm waiting for you to name a good player. Uh, <laughs> uh, Darlow. Oh, what about our ma- our our friend? I mean, we're we're losing, we're losing. Um, Mister uh, cool, Yellow, Yellow. Oh, cool guy, cruel. Cool guy, cruel. Uh, Tim, cruel. Oh, he was left left with a, a broken whatever he had on the sidelines to just see his squad go down. I'm looking at it. I just pulled up his picture on the fantasy. <laughs> oh program. yeah, whatever it's you're so, feeling. Whatever so happy. you're. Whenever you're feeling down, just Google Tim Cruel and think Cool Guy Cruel. And there you are. There you yeah. are. I think those are nice party notes for this podcast. A very that is a good positive note. <laughs> okay, so so basically we're offering you no advice going into Game Week 38, uh, but we wish you good luck. We do, we, we do wish you good luck. We wish ourselves good luck. <laughs> and we wish Mopakani the best of luck. <laughs> and um, yeah, right. and we're, so next week we're gonna do just a little a little end of year wrap up. Um, I just give I I have a lot of personal. I, I don't know if we're gonna do. I know we talked about doing a poll. I don't know if that's gonna happen just because um, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's very time consuming. We're gonna we're gonna and lean also, on much, our listeners to provide. How much some do you content? really care about fantasy once the season's over? You know. Oh so, yeah, Mara, Guess what? Marez was the MVP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll do we'll just do a little wrap up. It won't be as long as as normal. We'll probably do you know thirty minutes or something like that. Uh, but stay tuned for that next week. And uh, good luck this weekend. And of course. Find us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Yeah, good luck. And if we don't if you don't listen to the wrap up podcast because you're like, fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> uh, we'll be back probably, I would think, when the um right around the time that the um the like next the game uh, launches and the yeah, prices the are launches, announced and all and that. Mid- mid-July or something like that. So uh, we'll, we'll do a special pot around that time. Yeah, stick with us. And if you subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and all those places, you'll obviously just get updated whenever we update the podcast. So, yeah, thanks for listening. See you guys next week. See you next week. Hail cheaters. Poku yeah. forever, Josh. And and hail Mobicani. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mobicani forever. All right, well played. <laughs>